there, and thank you for listening to Herd, a podcast fascinated by the crafts and lives of the chefs and bartenders in our local community, where we engage in conversations that discuss what makes them tick, how they became the chefs and bartenders that they are, and where they're headed in the future. I am Sarah Matthew, the owner of Cranky Buzz Restaurant, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Pinninger hey. of Hilltop. Hey there, buddy. Hey. Uh, again, thanks for your time today, and thank you for doing this with me. Uh, we have Max Childs with us today. Max is a chef at the Cranky Buzzard Restaurant. Max has a plethora of experience locally, and we are happy to have you. Thank you for your time as well. Thank you for having me. Uh, we just kind of wanted to start by introducing you and talking a little bit about you, uh, what led you to the industry, but let's start with where you came from. Well, as you said before, my name is Max. I work at the Cranky Buzzard. Um, a little bit about me is I'm born and raised in Eau Claire, so I've lived here my whole life. So I've definitely seen a lot of change around in Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, Memorial High School graduate, go Abes. <laughs> Regis over here, so I don't want to yeah. hear any of that. Oh. No, Regis, no North. Yeah. Oh, okay. This Nothing is why we put you guys on separate sides yeah, of the table. Yeah, see, I moved over here. I had a feeling. Yeah? yeah. feeling you're a Memorial kid. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Um... So kind of what led me into this industry was I actually wasn't really um, wanting to do this in the first place. Sure. This was just kind of put in my lap, I guess you could say, because around the time I was getting ready to graduate high school, first of all, I almost didn't graduate high school. I skipped a lot in my senior year. Classic <laughs> memorial. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I had a lot of personal stuff going on in my <laughs> sure. life. So no, no, yeah, yeah. School wasn't really on my mind. Yeah. Um, so around that time, my, my dad kind of gave me a choice of either um, you can go on a mission, because I was born and raised Mormon. Sure. So I, was, I either had to go on a mission, go to college, or get a job. And around that time, this is when um, I have three older sisters. So one of my, my youngest sister was working at um, The Plus. Yeah. Uh, Pizza Plus, yeah. before they changed their yep. name. And they were actually hiring for a dishwasher at the time. So I was like, it's part-time, I make a little money, I'm out of, I'm out of high school, I guess I'll do it. Yep. Yep. And so I was doing that for a good month or two, and then I realized, like, oh, I want, I want to make more money, <laughs> I want more hours, and the only yep. way to do that was to learn how to cook. So I was like, okay, show me how to cook. Yep. And so that's kind of where it started, doing that there. That's so interesting, because meeting you... The time that I met you now and then hearing that um, really just kind of makes me smile because I, it's, I think about the who you are in the kitchen today um, and just the, the creativity and the drive and the love for creating that you have. And mm-hmm. I, I almost think, you know, hey, it's a good thing that Pizza Plus was hiring for a dishwasher because they found you know, the, the, the chef that you have become is just very, very interesting. How long did you end up working there? About a year and a half. Year and a half? Okay. And then I actually went across the street to the informalist, and that was in 2018. Okay. And then I worked there up until, up until the pandemic happened back in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Then I was put on furlough for a while. Yeah. Yep. So I was four months unemployed, but I was getting, like, those um, unemployment checks. Sure. Sure. Uh, I see work with Joey then. Joey Phillips. Joey Phillips, Joey C. Yeah. <laughs> I've Yeah, Joey Phil Joey Fatoni as as he introduced himself to me back in the day. Way, mm-hmm. way back. Back when we uh, refused to believe his age. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kid just, I, I don't know, just Dorian Gray over there with the, mm-hmm. the he's looked the same the last 12 years I've known him. Yeah. Yeah, so when I started at the Informalist, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, there's a lot more, like, locally sourced yeah. products. I get to see, like, like, at that time, we were hand trimming our steaks. Like, we would get yeah. the big cuts, and we would trim them down by hand. And just watching that, I was like, wow, this is really interesting that you can take a big part of the cow and make yeah. it into this little steak that you're uh, about to cook and serve to somebody. Yep. I do feel like the Info has always been kind of that quintessential restaurant here in town that that had that creativity, that had that level of, um, you know, going back to the, the basics of the kitchen where you're carving your own steaks, mm-hmm. you're, so, you're sourcing from local, you know, local ingredients, um, you know, you're cooking with, with really, really good products and you're, you're pushing your staff to use those products, um, use the whole animal, don't waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, being an employer in the area and interviewing and hiring within the local area, I find a very similar trait in a lot of the people that come from the informalist mm-hmm. uh, that I, I admire very much uh, in the kind of kitchen that they've run over there. Yep. And then around that time, I was really interested in doing the uh, CVTC culinary program. Mm-hmm. The very first year they offered it. And I had done all the paperwork. I was getting ready to do my FAFSA paperwork. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is just not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth to go in debt to go to school in a place where I work, if that makes sense. Yep. It's like, yep. I don't want to pay to learn. I want to get paid to learn. Yes. Yeah. And so at that point, I just kind of, I guess, dropped out, sure. even though I never really went to college mm-hmm. for uh, culinary school. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, I've been cooking professionally for almost seven years now you You made a comment earlier in the week uh when you were in the kitchen and you had your hands up and you said this is the classroom Mm -hmm. yeah and it it is because even no matter what uh no matter where all of our experiences no matter who's in that kitchen um i love that because you learn something you learn something new every day Mm -hmm. um i learned the hard way a couple of times last night that if you really don't pay attention to how the temperature of your tempered chocolate uh you can pop a lot of balloons and get white chocolate all over the kitchen, <laughs> which I did multiple times last night trying mm-hmm. to make chocolate bowls. <laughs> yeah, we need a little candy for mom. We do. <laughs> we do. And again, it's one of those things where I can't tell you how many times I've been tempering chocolate, but that kitchen really is a classroom, mm-hmm. uh, no matter no matter what you've done. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was a, a really interesting thing. That yeah, no, it, it's a classroom, mm-hmm. no matter no matter how long you've been doing it. Yeah. Um, I also find it super fascinating that you have cooked outside of the kitchen in your own personal time um your love of like whole animal and game meat Mm -hmm. um and things like um pickled heart yeah (laughs) yeah uh, one of um one of the bartenders at uh info brought in um brought in some venison parts okay well, obviously, we couldn't serve it because it was outside yeah. source. Yep. We, there's a lot of loopholes yep. for that stuff. Yep. Um, and so he brought us um, the venison heart. And he's like, just, he just gave it to me. He's like, do something with it. I'm like, okay. And then I went up to Joey Sieg, the yep. head chef at the time. I was like, what can we do with this? And he's like, well, I don't have any thoughts right now, so let's pickle it right now so it doesn't go bad. Sure. So that's what we did. We pickled it. And then the next day, I kind of cut some off and then... I cooked it up and it was really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's something you like. No joke. I I wouldn't. Uh, I would never think of. Mm-hmm. But I, I, w- I would. I would eat for sure. Yes. Yeah. Just because I'd have to know. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to know. But yeah. No. That. 
Dude, you guys went real Oregon Trail on that one. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just pick it. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, dude, that, uh, that, that intrigues me on the aspect that I feel like that would be a dare. It, right. Yeah. yeah. So it would be like, right? hey, well, you know, I pickled this real well. You should eat it. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, he also brought in um, testicles, too. Oh, yes. Oh, sure. So we got to have, like, raw testicle. Yeah. And it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I Just remember the first game. time I had uh, yeah. like Rocky Mountain oysters. Rocky the first Mountain time, oysters. And no one told me, <laughs> and they were fried and cut <laughs> really thin. Down, deep fry it. And <laughs> I ate it, and like we're, we're sitting there, and I was like dipping it in something, and and like two of my buddies are looking at me, and this is when I lived in Chicago, and they kind of got this look on their face, and they're just like, "That good." And I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were splitting apps. What, what's going on? <laughs> sure, sure as shit. They're like, you know you're eating like bull testicle, yeah. right? And I went, well, I didn't until uh, now. You know, yeah. I, and then out of spite, even if in my head I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, now i got to eat it all because I've yeah. already committed. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i got to yeah. own it now. Look like a punk otherwise. I go, I better <laughs> eat it all. Yeah. There was, a, there was enough beer there. I was fine. Yeah. 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 It was actually, I mean, it was, it was good, but it wouldn't be what I would have ordered initially. What would it mm-hmm. but, Yeah. 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 Sure. It, uh, in a, a previous episode, Ryan was telling me, so Ryan used to cook here in this kitchen a mm-hmm. um, long time ago, and long his ago. job was dishwasher, malts, and gizzards. Oh, that, no, that was at Ron's. Oh, that was right? at Ron's. My first That's job. right. That's yeah, right. Here, here, <laughs> was, here was just working work the line. It was just me and one That's other right. kid. That's right. Because mm-hmm. no one, they just kept hiring like yep. people who jumped off the train type of thing. <laughs> Yep. Without fail, it was. You're just sitting there going. So I know I work day and you work night. So I'll be back in an hour when yeah. whoever's supposed to help you doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. That was 19 at that point. So that would have been 12 years ago. I thought yeah. that was an interesting station to run: dishwasher, yeah. malts, gizzards. Yep. That's all, that's the only thing I was allowed to do. Yep. But, and it was terrible. Yep. Yep. It was terrible. And the lady who used to have to, who worked the breakfast line, would always yell at me to do the malts and gizzards. And I didn't <laughs> figure it out until after I left that I was the only dishwasher that did that. So she well, just sure. didn't want to do it. So she just <laughs> made me do it. I thought it was just part yeah. of my job. No. Nope. No. That no. was just Ryan's job. Yep. Yep. Well, she was a scary large lady. Yep. So. I do find it. And I will, I, full disclosure, when, so we have downstairs, uh, this restaurant sources a lot of ingredients locally as well, um, a, good, a good portion of our ingredients, especially our meats. And I will always, whenever I stumble upon something um, like random cow parts that are just going to go to waste, because the, the one thing that I also didn't realize is um, in the, the butchering process, um, some of those parts and pieces, if they're not used, not only go to waste, but farmers are actually charged uh, money for those pieces to go to waste, um, for the disposal of those pieces. So uh, sometimes we wind up with some, some things in the freezer uh, that would otherwise go to waste. Um, because, as you know, when in doubt, makes great stock. When it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, those, those little loopholes here. And, and, you know, when I have a farmer that, uh, that reaches out and says, Hey, we also have this. Um, we'll absolutely uh, see what we can do, just so that it doesn't go to waste. But I always think, uh, as soon as those those pieces come in, I always think I should tell Max. I should tell Max that I I should tell Max. Yeah. I bet Max would know. Um, which I, I just want you to know is is how you're viewed in this kitchen is is like this. Hey, well, when in doubt, ask Max. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> He'll figure something out. Um, I also. 
Uh, and you know, in doing this, we we try to do a little a little creeping in a in a very non-stalker way. Um, okay. To also find what interests you, and I. I also think it's very, very interesting, um, your love of photography mm-hmm. and your talent in yes. taking a picture of something that you either drive by or see on a daily basis and you with what I believe is a 35 millimeter. At the time, yeah. At the time. I had a whole collection. They are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> they are super cool. I love that you can take a photo of something in Eau Claire and make it look like it was shot in 1950. Yeah, I, it's it was just really cool, and and I just um, I think not only does your creativity come out in the things that you make in this restaurant and that that you cook on the plate, um, but I also find it very interesting that that you have this talent um, outside of the kitchen in taking photographs like that. They are they're insanely cool. Thank you. So, yeah. I actually, <laughs> it's on a very non creeper the way you like that. Like, yeah, cool. yeah, no, Max. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. really, really, really like your photos. <laughs> I know you're talented, Max. I know it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I actually don't own any of those cameras anymore. Really? No, I have no no cameras like that anymore. I just have my huh. phone. Yeah. Well, that's really all you need these days. I was going to say, that's all we use for social media, and you mm-hmm. can do some The unfortunate cool convenience right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the golden handcuffs. Yeah, 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 the golden handcuffs. Yeah, I shot film for a couple of years, and then I just kind of stopped doing it because it's getting really expensive. Yeah. Like, if you want to buy, like, a, a film camera, you have to, like, secondhand buy. There's no yeah. new film cameras being made. They're, oh, sure. They're done. Like, yeah. it's not the time anymore. Yeah. So a lot of them stopped being produced in, like, the 90s. Oh. But some go as far back to the 40s. Yeah. So you have this wide array of what you can buy, but it's all starting, like, it's just... There's not going to be any more film cameras left in a couple of years. Yeah. Should just shock somebody walking to a Walgreens with, like, the the uh, disposable camera and be like can I can you help me with this yeah mm-hmm. you would just take the camera and put it in the little envelope and yeah. then get it developed mm-hmm. those are my those are my favorite just on the aspect that I always like I would buy them and then forget that I had them so then by the time I turned them in yeah. I was like I'm not sure I want to know what's on here like <laughs> six yeah. years ago or uh-huh. the excitement of of taking it to be developed and then getting it back and then reliving the pictures because you you know you don't get that instant gratification of seeing them it was always snap and then you just did that little wheel (laughs) until you couldn't do the wheel anymore yeah yeah when covid hit um i couldn't really go out because i would go to sharp photo to get mine delivered and then everybody closed down so at that time i was like okay i'm gonna learn how to develop (laughs) film yeah and i did that and i developed developed at home in my dad's basement for about a year yep it was a very unforgiving process, just <laughs> sure, like cooking. Sure. You, need, you need perfect temps, you need yep. the times right, and you need to do everything in a certain order, otherwise it does not come out. Yeah, then, you, then you're really kicking yourself. Time, yeah. time consuming, and then you can screw one thing up. That's why I'm terrible at baking. Could cook, could, no, I can, oh, I can, I can mm-hmm. yeah, I can walk into, like say, I walked into, I was gonna cook dinner for my parents, and I go over to their house, I could be like, all right, let me see your pantry, freezer, fridge. Yeah, boom, 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 and I know what goes together, um, and I know I can make something awesome. Baking, it doesn't matter if I have all the best ingredients. My anxiety goes through the roof because I'm like, if I put like one inch too much, I screw up the whole thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, nope, no, I'll leave that. I'll yeah. leave that alone. It's not yep. just no. It's not worth my my time because yep. I'll screw yeah. it up by thinking about not screwing it up. Yep. Yeah. Or it'll be screwed up based on something that you didn't even know was screwed up, like. Maybe there's something wrong with the oven that you didn't know or the oven temp is off. I know we, uh, 
in the kitchen, that's always a fun time where you go and put a cheesecake in the oven, and then yep. an hour later, you're like, why is why is this cooking? Baking is going to be the only thing that is so precise, and this infuriates me. So precise, mm-hmm. yet every grandma's recipe is like, Scotia this, a dash of that. And I'm like, okay, and so you're just a... Yes. narcissist at this point because you know I'm never going to be able to figure it out they're like yes. figure it out it's going to take you trial and error forever and then yes. by that time I don't want to make that banana bread yep. yeah. Yeah. or the recipes um, we have a uh, it's small um, it's getting bigger but we have a little recipe book library a cookbook library downstairs that is growing that we've all kind of contributed to and it's uh, it's got a wide array of things i know max recently brought in uh, a couple of of cookbooks that mm-hmm. caught all of our eye like yeah. oh where'd the moma cookbook come from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who brought that one in um mm-hmm. and then we have some down there um from like the 1800s where uh they still say bake in hot oven or warm oven <laughs> and you're like well where are we at on that it was hot and and from what i understand i think hot oven is somewhere around 400 to 450 in now it and then warm oven is more like the 325 to to 375 ish but even then you you look at these recipes and you're like how did you create something so delicious let's let's be real here all you really need is the orange betty crocker oh my goodness (laughs) with the fantastic recipes from this all the jello molds it's like a it's like a cookbook for kids too because every interesting phase in culinary everything has a picture (laughs) everything has a picture whether it's the food or just someone like opening the oven yes you're like god yeah you're trying to keep me involved in everybody's grandma handed that down yep. to somebody they else. They sure did. My mm-hmm. mom has one yep. for, my, for my grandma Jane still, and it it's like pristine. Yep. And I go, it's pristine for a reason, because no one uses it. Yes. <laughs> Not anymore, that's for sure. I also want to know the thought process behind that generation of cooking where sweet or savory, let's add gelatin. Oh, no matter what. Well, that's the same people who like, made up fruitcakes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like you, you could break a car window with those. You, yes. Yeah. That, who, that who was like gelatin? Oh, and let's add hard candy in yes. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People may think that's a brick sitting outside to hold the front door of this restaurant oh, open. Yeah. It's just a fruitcake For Christmas time. For Christmas time. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Christmas doorstep. Yes. Um, Max, I'm going to ask you the quintessential question. The question okay. that when you study podcasts, and you and they say what to ask and what not to ask uh, and the most boring question but I'm going to ask it anyway because okay. I'm going to do it because why not mm-hmm. um, I am going to ask you what food inspires you what if you if you could you want a plate if you had in, any ingredient in the world if I if I could say to you Max cook something that is uniquely Max um, what are some of the things that that really get you up in the morning like hey I'm going to cook this today or or if you're at home that's a tough question uniquely max sounds like a 1995 (laughs) cooking show uniquely max my new graphic novel (laughs) (laughs) man um there's a few things I would cook like throughout the day like I'd probably start with um just a nice breakfast sandwich oh yeah solid and everything bagel toasted with a little bit of um like some nice warmed up ham, yep. slice of cheese, a fried egg, and sriracha. Yep. That's just like my go-to. It's yeah. What I, it's what I made um, for breakfast a lot when I first moved out on my own yep. with my roommate as I would make yep. breakfast sandwiches. Yep. 
So something like that. And then for lunch, hmm, I could go many routes with this, but a thing that I could probably never get sick of is I would make, um, well, my, my mom would make me um, hot dogs and mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was so just like, talking two days ago. I was mm-hmm. just talking with my roommate Alex about that. And and I found out that, uh, not to plug Quick Trip on this one, but that plug they away. sell. <laughs> that they plug sell. Away. <laughs> I, the, the other day after, after work, I went down there and I go, I don't want to cook anything, so... I'm just gonna pop in there, quintessential looking at looking at everything, and I had some ready-made meal because I have all those heat-up meals, and one was mac and hot dogs, and I was like, I know I shouldn't, I'm gonna though, <laughs> and it wasn't for it being like pre-packaged, it, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't the mac and cheese and hot dogs we make it at home yeah. yourself, which sounds like an easy childhood cop-out, but I will eat that at any point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But if I were to make it now, I'd probably do like a nice Spanish sausage. In it. I was going to say. I, oh, you're, you're fancy with your, your mac and cheese. Yeah. 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 I like the sausage to have a little bite. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then for dinner, hmm, I didn't eat this much as a kid, but now I've been loving it lately. I'd probably just do a venison loin. Yeah. Ooh. That is a... Um, so I spent a lot of my time in Alaska, and I really, really learned to appreciate game meat there that I just didn't normally. I, I grew up um, with mostly a seafood diet because mm-hmm. of proximity to where we lived, but it really wasn't until I went north that I can really appreciate game meat. Um, ate a lot of moose mm-hmm. um, and uh, actually quite a bit of caribou. Um, or reindeer. Never had. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely delicious. And then venison yep. um, was something that was introduced to me there. And, and surprisingly, and it's true, it's it's all about how it's prepared and how it's cooked. But, but being in rural Alaska and eating something like a moose stew, um, I will say, uh, I remember one time I, uh, I was out in rural Alaska and I was stuck there overnight, uh, which happened sometimes with my job that I had. And um, I was eating moose stew that was made by a local family. Wonderful, um, wonderful people. And I, outside of like pulling out some of the chunks of hair, <laughs> because they also <laughs> clean, clean the moose themselves. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely delicious. Um, absolutely delicious. If you can just get past the, you get past the, the hairball. <laughs> yeah. The clumps of very, very, very <laughs> bristled hair. Um, very, very good. And Palette so, cleanser. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm telling you, there's just something about game meat. Um, I'm also, and what I would really like to bring in to this restaurant is uh, that I don't see much as rabbit and duck. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially rabbit. Yeah, ra- rabbit. Even more than, yeah, rabbit. I haven't seen rabbit offered in Eau Claire since I've lived here. Yeah. I don't think it exists. It, <laughs> it, it does. It, and because of the amount of local farmers that we use currently, um, yeah, no, it's there. There was I, there. my our general manager at Hilltop, uh, Melissa Bird. I love her to death, but she told me this story that I'll never get over. <laughs> that she went to, uh, she was years back. She was at like a, um, like an RV, like campground, and and um, this uh, this one group of people was having like a big potluck, and so they go, oh, we'll go. They were invited to join a bunch of crockpots out there, hooked up to Jenny and. And she tried something, and it was like she's making the sandwich, thinking it's like hot beef, you know. And takes a bite. She goes, "It's the most rancid thing I've ever eaten." Mm. And she goes, "I almost threw up immediately." And I looked at the lady. I was like, "I think your meat's come. What is this?" And it was raccoon. 
And I go, trash, man? I go, yes. I go, that's the most like like Ashland thing I've ever yes. heard in my and life. I've heard of this where no. there's like game meat potlucks sometimes at these smaller bars. Yeah, but there's no good way to make no. raccoon. Just what they eat in general. They're like, I go, who, yes. I go, like, at least get like squirrels then. Like, I get it if sure. you're on the boonies. Yeah. Like, but yeah, she's like, never again. And uh, I go, I think that's the only time I've ever heard of someone trying to sit, like, like serve in other people like a dog and not telling them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about what they eat. Yeah. And oh. just generally what they get into and where you find them. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I sometimes, I sometimes crack the joke that I often have the diet of like a campground raccoon. <laughs> um, and, and that's, I mean, that's how you describe them. Sometimes I need to not eat like a campground raccoon, but sometimes <laughs> Quick Trip hits, it just hits better. <laughs> Name of the episode, campground raccoon. Campground raccoon. But, oh, I can't imagine, I mean, knowing what they eat and then trying to prepare that and, and then just crock-potting it. And feeling okay about trying to prepare yeah. that in general. There was a dude talking about, um, I wish I could, just saw like a little clip of him discussing that because uh, he's you know one of those survivalist guys and mm-hmm. he prefers to you know be out by himself and that he actually uses uh, what is it mo- like if he kills like a moose he'll he'll like eat the vegetables out of the stomach oh. b- because that's the only yeah. way he can get vegetables and they don't like yeah. you know herbivore sure. wise and he goes and then the, you know everyone's looking at him and he goes yeah then I actually use the speaking of pickling he uses the the stomach the, like all the bile and everything he goes yeah and then I just I pickled meat in there in its sure. own stomach I'm like sure. you're sadistic don't you think you kill the thing you're like and I'm gonna use your stomach yes. yeah but he's saying yeah. he's like oh it's great I'm like I don't even if I was about to die, I'm not sure I could uh, yeah. stomach the fact that I'm like, and I'm going to take the vegetables out of this thing. Yes. No, that's just a, a line. True like, whole uh, animal. Yeah. Truly mm-hmm. waste nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> the, yes, the definition of wasting nothing, including yep. using it as your cooking vessel. <laughs> yeah. Well, Max, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, you can find Max cooking up wonderful things uh, during the day at the Cranky Buzzard. Um, hopefully some more specials coming soon. Now that we've settled in, uh, mm-hmm. gotten our feet down in the kitchen, uh, become a team. But we thank you so much for taking time yeah, out of your busy thank morning you. to yeah. come and talk to us. Thanks for and having me. Ryan, as always. Oh, excited. See, she's going to get emotional. Gonna get emotional. Gonna be <laughs> <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>